I just got back from my trip to Las Vegas. On Tuesday, I got to sit behind Wimbanyama's bench for the big game between he and Scoot. And then also on Wednesday, I got to sit courtside and watch Wimbanyama practice. So on this episode, I'll empty my notebook of what I saw behind the scenes and up close and personal. It was an awesome event. Very glad I went. You are Locked On NBA Big Board, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Sam Ferris. You can follow me on Twitter at Draft Dummies. I'm there constantly posting my thoughts, stats, updates on prospects, rookies, second-year guys in the NBA. We've got the NBA preseason underway. College basketball is just a few weeks away. But of course, on today's episode, I'm going to focus on the event that was Scoot Henderson versus Victor Wembanyama. As I mentioned in the intro, I got to go to the game, got a credential, um, was able to be there pregame. Then I was able to sit behind Wembanyama's bench during the game. And then on Wednesday, I also got to go to the practice facility and sit courtside to see Wembanyama practice up close and personal, surrounded by a ton of NBA executives. It was funny because uh, when I posted some of the clips, the video clips on Twitter of Wembanyama going through his personal shooting routine, a couple people asked me if their team's executive was there. I think someone asked me if Mitch Kupchak was there and I I responded he was sitting right next to me uh probably just barely to the left uh, of the video I was in it it was pretty much just NBA executives some media not more than 100 people there but the whole experience from just especially the game but also behind the scenes at practice around the event was like nothing I've ever been to before in terms of a matchup between prospects and NBA draft event. It was the best I've ever been to it. It's so rare that an event like that will exceed expectations. So I'm excited to kind of what I'm going to call empty my notebook. I've got a lot of notes of what I saw during the game, a little bit of basketball analysis, but more so just things I noticed being up close and personal behind the scenes, being at the events again, awesome to be there. Um, So the way I'm going to do this is in the first segment, some overall thoughts on the event. And then in the second segment, focus on Victor Wimbanyama. In the third segment, focus on Scoot Henderson and the notes that I have on each of those guys. There will obviously be other things and reactions and my feelings mixed in as I go through. But that's kind of the main way that I've got this organized Um, So I'll be going through kind of my notes of what I saw, heard, witnessed, and just the feeling, the experience there leading up. So yeah, just starting with that, the feeling being at the game and leading up to it, like it did, it did feel kind of like a big prize fight to me. And, And the reason that I say that is because like it was a game between two teams, but what I thought was kind of interesting was that nobody really around the situation was denying that it was kind of more about two individuals than the teams, which is really unique. 
Like usually you'll just get the classic responses. Oh, we're trying to get a win. It's just about the team. Well, this was a, this was different and, and people knew it. Like the quotes leading up to the game from Scoot and from Wimbanyama, they both admitted basically this was the biggest game of their career. Like Scoot said, I'm out there to kill. Like they both want to be the number one pick. They both would be in almost every year throughout most of NBA history, at least in my opinion there. And like, frankly, it's just cool that this event even happened the way it did and not just one game, but practice twice and yeah, and they're playing twice too. And even more so the fact that this is occurring in early October when usually we don't really have too much to watch. Usually it's preseason is about to come in the NBA, uh, about to happen, not any college basketball, usually not many big scouting events. So to get this event uh, as kind of a bridge between the summer leading up to the NBA and college basketball was amazing. Again, just usually not that much going on during this time. So that was fantastic. And just being there in the middle of it, like it did feel special leading up to it, but getting to the game, you know, walking down the hall, I walked past Rob Polinka. I walked past uh, Brent Berry, Tayshaun Prince. I can't name every guy I saw, but filled with NBA executives, filled with NBA scouts. And, in a small arena, basically, it's where their the G League team plays, but also the Vegas Golden Knights, a minor league affiliate. So in a smaller environment and just getting there and being able to stand courtside, see Wembanyama warm up, see Scoot warm up, like there was a different energy and electricity in the air. And I was just talking to my dad. I got to go to the game with my dad and... and we're just like, this could be, this is pretty awesome to be here. Like this, my dad's ticket was only 20 bucks. Um, we're like, this is some awesome uh, bang for the buck here for sure. So leading up, you could sense it, you could feel it in the air. And then when the game started, them going back and forth early on, it was more so scoot first half, Wimbanyama second half, but going back and forth, there were there were a ton of wow plays that just made you get out of your seat or laugh or put your hands on your head. Um, and, and you kind of became immune to it because they both played so well. But I wrote down kind of the two main ones from each that kind of made us go, wow, like this really is something special, like what's happening right now. The, the wow moments I wrote down to me f- for Scoot was when he went reverse between the legs dribble counter and then got to the rim and did the reverse finish around Wimbanyama. That was a get out of your seat wow moment that that had the the building buzzing, and and a ton from both guys. But early on, the Wemby has he pull up three going left off of a screen right in front of me, and it it felt and looked just like a seven foot five KD. And my dad, who who's seen him a little bit but not too much. Um, just seeing clips mostly was like was pretty much in shock kind of from that point on and and so was I just seeing him in person was a different experience I think I tweeted during the game like this is a spiritual experience seeing these guys and during the game during the breaks it got me thinking like is this the biggest 
NBA prospect battle or matchup ever. And I actually tweeted, is it the biggest ever? Like to me, the one that comes to mind would be Bird versus Magic in the NCAA championship game. Obviously, I was born in 92, so I wasn't around for that. But hearing about it, reading about it, seeing the clips, like, uh, so that was what I mentioned. And that was kind of funny because later on, like the next day, that became a thing where people were saying like, this was the new Magic or Bird. I'm pretty sure I was the first person to to tweet that out. So that was kind of funny, but just an awesome experience. And then the other main thing is, Aside from the basketball stuff, which I'll hit on coming up in the next few segments, both of these guys are just gamers because just aside from the basketball skill, the fact that this exceeded expectations, it was built up, everyone talked it up, but then it still blew out the expectations. That just rarely does happen in sports. And especially you think about the expectations on teenagers that aren't even NBA players yet. And we can talk about this being one of the great duels ever. And these guys aren't even in the NBA. They're teenagers. The expectations placed on them, like this is probably Wimbon Yama's, one of his first times being in the U.S., one of the first times probably ever experiencing for real the American media hype train in full effect. And for those guys not to come out and just play like decently, but to just go out and play like that, I mean, that to me is special. And I'll talk about um, coming up in the next two segments, the way that they differ on the court, their personality, uh, the way that they act, and, and kind of the way that they uh, carry themselves on the court. Very different, both very interesting. And so I, I just can't put into words enough. It, it took a while after you know how you're at like an event whether it's a game or a concert or whatever it might be and it just blows out your expectations and it just takes like two hours after the game to to settle down and for it to set in what you just witnessed and then to think about like that might be one of the more influential games ever in basketball history are we going to be watching reading books about watching documentaries when these guys are in the hall of fame, potentially, I know we don't want to put all this pressure and expectations, but these guys are to me, generational prospects. I've actually always had scoot one a and Wimbanyama one B and that game didn't necessarily dissuade that. No, I'm not here to, to litigate that whole thing. I know I'm kind of out on an Island with that and we'll have plenty of time to discuss that. And I already have, but for both guys to play to that level was so awesome for teenagers. And I know it's just one game. We'll get to see them again Thursday, probably right before, after you're listening to this and we'll see, hopefully it's, I don't expect it to be quite the same environment because I got to see the first one. That was the first one, but still it's one game. It's still a good omen that both those games, those guys showed up with their A games. They made shots. It was intense. They're just gamers, right? And so those were kind of my overall feelings and takeaways. But coming up next, I'll get into the next section will be on Wimbanyama, some takeaways, some behind the scenes, what I saw, what I heard, um, some interesting tidbits as I empty my notebook on this event. But 
Um, Got to get to our sponsors today. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles on every game. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so on Wimbanyama, I'll start out by saying I mentioned I had and have had Scoot 1A and Wemby 1B. That's no slight on Wimbanyama at all. I just think that much of Scoot. And also the medical, the injury concerns to me do do factor in maybe more so than most um, knock on wood. I'm certainly not hoping for that at all in the slightest, but I will say Wimbanyama will go number one in the actual NBA draft next year, unless there is an injury or some type of medical information that comes out when his medicals go to the teams again, knock on wood. Um, so starting out with what I saw from him being at the game, being at practice, it was just shocking, frankly, to be up close. I've stood on the floor or been like courtside or had media passes, been close enough to a lot of NBA and college players and prospects, especially over the last few years. But I got to stand during the game. I got to sit behind his bench. Uh, I got to go down pregame and stand there right next to the court. And then during his practice, stood 5, 10 feet away from him at, at points as well. And, and just seeing him like LeBron said in his thing, he said, there's a lot of unicorns now, but when Banyama is kind of like an alien, I don't mean that in like a negative sense at, at all, but just in the fact that he's different physically than anyone I've ever been around. Like I've seen taco fall up close and that's similar, but obviously when Banyama is just a completely different player in terms of the skill, the finesse, and the dexterity that he brings. But just physically, even when we walked in and just my dad and I saw him on the opposite end of the court, it just kind of takes your breath away. It's just different. My dad didn't have a great feel exactly for what it was going to look like. And he was pretty much in shock as well. Um, and uh, one other thing that I thought was interesting sitting behind the bench was you know, when we talk about just how big he is, how long his limbs are, something you don't see too often, but when he was on the bench, at least or once or twice when he was out of the game on the bench, uh, they would have a specific trainer take Wimbanyama and do like physical exercises on the side every few minutes to keep him loose, doing different stretches, uh, calisthenics. I don't know the exact terminology or what exactly everything is, I'm not physical therapist or any type of trainer, but just interesting to see um, just kind of going along with the physical profile for him, just how big he is. He he was doing that, that stuff, those exercises with a trainer every few minutes to keep himself loose and warm, just I would guess. And so that's interesting kind of to take note of that you might not have seen during the game. Um, it was a little scarier worrying to see him like at least two, three different occasions kind of come up limping or ginger. Uh, obviously didn't suffer any injury. He practiced the next day, but I just really, really hope that at seven, four, five, whatever you want to call him, that he can 
last physically that those legs do hold up. Um, that's just kind of the main thing with him. Again, aside from that, if you could guarantee me health, like, yeah, I'd take him number one. He's going to go number one as well. Uh, one other thing, sitting behind the bench that was cool to see, I I don't remember exactly which three it was. I think it was one where he took one dribble in and then a pullback between the legs, uh, step back three. And I, if I remember right, I don't think he made it, but he got fouled on that one. And it was one they reviewed and then became like the flagrant foul. So he shot the free throws, got the ball back, unnecessary uh, play there. Ruled a dangerous play. Uh, but the coach, Colette, who's a, a famous French coach, coaches the Metropolitan Metropolitan 92 team, the head coach, um, turned to his bench and kind of had his hands on his head and was like laughing just because of the sheer awesomeness, the audacity of, of a guy 7-5 to take that dribble pullback between the legs into a step back three, just something even he probably is not used to seeing. Uh, I certainly am not. We certainly are not. Uh, it looked just like KD, but six inches taller. And so he kind of turned to his bench and was cracking up, just enjoying the talent that is Victor Wimbanyama. And it kind of reminded me, if uh, you remember back when Steph Curry was ascending to his MVP level, I think probably his first MVP season, if I remember correctly, there was one awesome play that's still one of the highlights of his career where he just kind of like weaves between Clippers defenders, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and then like steps back. It's just this bizarre dribbling exhibition and then hits this step back fadeaway three. And Steve Kerr is on the sideline and they show the video after and it's kind of famous now. And he goes, no, 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 no. And he has his hands on his head and then he starts laughing and he turns to his bench and is like cackling. Just can't believe the skill level of Steph Curry. Well, that was kind of the same thing that Wimbanyama's coach did at, at that point. And so I wrote that, that down. I thought that was interesting and cool to see. Um, one of my other thoughts just watching the game is just the influx of young, talented big men there are in the NBA game right now. We already got some elite players at the top among bigs in Jokic, Embiid, Gobert, Bam, just to name a few. But recently with Chet, with Mobley, with Wimbanyama next year and others, just think of like the battles and the individual matchup between big men that we haven't really had for most of like the last decade that we're starting to have now and will continue to have are going to be awesome. Like just think when I was thinking about and envisioning it would be awesome if Zion and Wimby played together. That's very likely not going to happen. But imagine them going at each other, like Zion going at Wimbanyama. That would just be an awesome matchup. Must-see TV, the difference in styles. Or even like a similarity in style with Wimbanyama and Chet going at each other or playing on the same team. Like just the variety of matchups we'll get and the awesome talent and the influx of young big men is another theme that I've been thinking about recently. Um, again, I mentioned, went to the game with my dad. Obviously, he's older than me, so he's been around, seen more guys in and around the NBA. Um, saw He mostly saw, I think, kind of the end of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's career, but 
from what he knew and remembered um, from that time said that the Kareem comp at that age seemed like the best one to him, which is obviously very high praise at that age, uh, Lou Alcindor. He did say, though, that um, obviously when Banyama, just because the age we're playing in, he's allowed to play his more perimeter-oriented game. That probably wasn't as much the case early on in basketball history and even through like the 90s and even early 2000s. Like he would have probably been put in the post and not allowed to work on those dribble pull-ups in that ISO, that wing ISO game. Um, but in terms of the physical profile, the skill, the dexterity at that size, the domination of their opponent at that age, to him, to my dad, he did say that the Kareem comp was the best. He did say, though, that Kareem ended up getting much stronger physically and that he doesn't think Victor kind of has that same frame to add muscle exactly. He Now, Wembanyama's filled out compared to where he was, and he's not as skinny as Chet. But what I will say, being up close in person is like, like his legs are just like straight, like you can't see any muscle there. It's kind of, I don't mean this like derogatory, but it's kind of like a chicken leg where it just goes like straight up all the way down. There's not really too much muscle there. And so I'm not certainly not a specialist or an expert in this in any way. I kind of agree with my dad there that I don't see him putting on like a ton of weight and strength. So, like, I don't think he's going to end up being, like, a post big or putting on the strength that Kareem did. And that's okay. Like, that's not the player type that he is anyway. We enjoy him, and he is who he is as a unicorn or an alien because of the size, but the perimeter skill, the pull-ups, the wing isos, the movement shooting. Like, to me, that's obviously the defense, the shot blocking. With him, the crazy thing is, with his length, he doesn't even need to be the primary or oftentimes the secondary guy in the action to block a shot or get his hands on a ball. He's just so long, it's freaking. You can't, you like, can't even game plan for him. He's going to get his hands on a ton of balls. He is a transformational potential defensive guy. And then combine that with the movement shooting, the pull up ability the dexterity offensively. Like I don't need to be, he doesn't need to be banging in the post to be the guy that he is. So I'm not overly worried about that. Again, it's just the injury concern for me, which is being that tall. It seems likely to me that an injury is more likely, but not only more likely that if it does happen, the severity or the effect that it'll have on his career, if he sustains a lower body injury will likely be more damaging to his career. I just really hope and pray that's not the case because this guy is so special. And then really quick at, at the practice I got to go to, he did a little media spot. He kind of did the cool picture that we've seen from other great prospects uh, where he kind of stands under the net, but reaches up and holds it. And then, Oh, and during the game, I got to see him do his classic pregame ritual where he runs, jumps and headbutts the backboard which I'm not sure if he'll want to continue but kind of cool to be able to see that from up close and then um, on the court I'll talk about Scoot coming up next but for Wimbanyama very stoic throughout 
And what I thought was really cool, though, about his performance is there were times where he didn't really get the ball often enough, especially in the first half, where he wouldn't get touches uh, for multiple possessions in a row, but he didn't need to shoot himself into rhythm. Like he could go multiple possessions in a row and then no problem. He's mid post step back mid range or catch the ball on the move from three fading to his left hits or catch it through. He had one step back into the corner, like backpedaling. And so the comfort, the touch that he has, which really stood out during warmups and in practice, but the fact that he didn't need to touch the ball that often and he was still in a rhythm for a guy that big shows his talent and his touch at that size. And just think in one game about the variety of different jump shots he hit. I remember one backpedaling to the corner, one off movement to his left fading, one hezzy pull up moving to his left, uh, a couple catch and shoots, wing ISO step back, wing ISO just jab step pull up. I mean, that's stuff that. If that's your whole tape as a prospect throughout your whole year leading up to it, like that looks pretty good for a big man. But for a guy seven foot six to do all of that in one game and and without needing the ball all that often to just be in a rhythm at all times was pretty awesome. And so final thing here that I want to mention is, again, at practice, only probably 100 people there. It was awesome. I got to be there, sit courtside. Really good touch from him. Um, just wanted to run through, as I thought it might be interesting, his personal shooting routine started in close, as you might imagine, and then kind of did an interesting thing where he would stand facing the baseline, just turn his, his body like 90 degrees to the side and shoot. I don't know if that's working on flexibility or kind of focusing on just the upper half and maybe the release, I guess. And then from there, after that, he went into one, two dribble mid-range pull-ups and then free throws. And then from the three-point line, one, two dribble pull-ups. So very little just stationary catch and shoot from from deep. A lot of movement shots and then kind of working on his release and everything up close. So everyone, especially the great shooters, have their own personal shooting routines. That was kind of his that he went through and it was awesome to sit there among NBA executives and, and watch that happen. But coming up next, um, I will get into the scoot stuff. What I saw from him, another generational prospect. And though Wimbanyama did steal the headlines, to me, it was pretty close to equal in terms of how they played as prospects in that game. Like, tough, take nothing away from scoot. He was fantastic. All right, so I'll start from a physical perspective because I was a little worried about him. Like one of my question marks was he's only 6'2". Like I would really like if he were 6'3", 6'4", if he could grow another inch or two. And and maybe that will be the, the case. Um, still young, still a chance to grow. But my my questions, my concerns were kind of quelled because seeing him in person – like, he doesn't wow you with how big he is. It's different than Wembanyama. Obviously, that kind of goes without saying. But physically, he, he really did answer my concerns because he he does look different in person. Like, he's strong. His lower body, especially strong, but really long arms. And then the number one thing that stood out was he has huge hands, too. 
He just he has all the physical dimensions that you're looking for, and with the strength, with the quickness, the elite athleticism, I'm really not worried about him being six foot two at all anymore. Um, and one thing that was interesting, my dad and I were talking about, like, like, look how big his hands are. And then during the game, there was at least one or two times where, where he just, like, like almost uh, Kawhi or Rondo style, just kind of palmed the, the ball straight off of the dribble with one hand and then, like, passed it. And then there was one, I think, where he pretty much just palmed it off the dribble, went up and dunked it. That was awesome. I'll also say physically. So uh, I, I think I tweeted that he kind of reminds me of like a Donovan Mitchell or maybe an Eric Bledsoe where short, but kind of not like stocky, but well-built and strong, especially lower body, long arms, big hands. Um, so like Eric Bledsoe was kind of my comp for him. My dad thought kind of Donovan Mitchell also for the build, but his ability to jump off one or two feet is fantastic. But also I think he probably has the best body control I have ever seen in a prospect, at least in recent history. I'm not arguing like Michael Jordan or anything like that, but recent history, probably the best body control ever. And there was one play, there were a ton that really stood out. My dad were saying to each other, like with his quickness and body control, just always in control of his movements, it's hard to imagine him ever getting a charge. And there's one play that stood out where he drove. And I think when was on him and also a guard was like trailing him, he kind of beat the guard, probably Tremont Waters off the dribble. And it looked like he was going to end up with like, like an awkward, kind of slightly out of control layup that would have been blocked. But then last, and that's what most everyone else would have done, where they would have like awkwardly passed out of it. But no, he just calmly like reverse, like pivots away. It looked like he teleported, frankly, being at the game. It was insane how he moves, how quick and under control he is. And just ends up with a nice little floater that he makes under control. So that level of body control, both the acceleration and deceleration, he glides uh, just in terms of his sprint speed, his extension, but also his leaping ability. Like He checks every box physically. He is elite athletically. Um, yeah, like pretty similar to, to a Derrick Rose level. But I will say that I've talked about this before. He doesn't really worry me as much in terms of the strenuous, jarring movements. He's like Derrick Rose, but smoother. And I hope that's a good omen for him that he also doesn't suffer any physical injuries because he's so athletic. But he does seem a bit more smooth than a guy. So he's kind of like a, a combo between Jaw and Rose. But still, you don't see as many of the awkward, like dangerous landings or the jarring pivots or like, cuts that you saw from Rose early in his career, so I hope sign from him. On the court, he was very demonstrative. That kind of lined up with his quotes before the game where he was saying he wanted to go out and kill. Uh, he was yelling throughout the game, pumping his teammates up after one big basket. I think uh, I think it was one of his threes that he hit. He kind of took a few steps toward the bench, like shook his head, pointed at him, walked away. Just a very demonstrative guy, which is kind Kind of the opposite of Wimbanyama, who's more of the stoic guy. And either is fine. And I'm not saying either is better. It's just kind of cool to see how they are personally, their contrast and styles. And so Scoot, to me, he, he's a very self-confident dude. And I love that about him. Just to make a little comparison, 
seeing him in person kind of reminded me it's a weird comp here, not physically, but in terms of their personality and the way they carried themselves on the court, reminded me of seeing Desmond Bain a few years ago at Summer League, where I was like, whoa, I didn't know this dude was such a cocky a-hole, basically. Uh, the way he carried himself, he just knew he was better than everyone else out there, and he believed it, he, he knew it, he played like it, and he carried himself like it. And that really works for some people that demonstrate like, yeah, I'm that dude's style. And that self-confidence, that willingness to try stuff, I really like. That's a big positive for me long-term. So that's kind of one takeaway from seeing him, uh, again, up close and personal on TV. And I also want to mention that he was going up against Tremont Waters, who's small but extremely quick, great hands. Like, that's a really, really good defensive player and just a great all-around point guard he was going up against. Still too small to find a permanent role in the NBA, but... Like, it's not like he was doing this stuff against nobody at all. Very good defensive point guard. And that didn't really worry Scoot at all. Like, he didn't get into his dribble at all. Super confident. His handle. Like, I was telling my dad, yeah, like, the Mitchell stuff from a high level, Donovan Mitchell comp, but Scoot has a better handle. He can jump off one foot better. He's quicker, and he's a better passer. So he's like Mitchell, but add a lot more of, of those things onto it. If we are going to nitpick with Scoot, I would have liked to have seen him get in a stance a little bit defensively. He did have a few good job, a few good plays, rotating, getting his hands on balls, being in the right spot. And he certainly has the physical tools, like like I mentioned, kind of like an Eric. So now he's going to have to carry the load offensively. So I don't expect him to be like an amazing defender, but he can be. And I'd like to see him get stance a little more. Now, Tremont Waters, again, super quick, tough guy to keep out of the but if we're going to pick nits, that's one thing that I would mention. One of the final things, though, he did get his shot blocked twice by uh, Wimbanyama. That, that's just, that's Victor. That's his length. It's just different from anybody else in the NBA. But still, Scoot's pull-up game is a differentiator. He's already an elite pull-up guy. I think he made like half his pull-ups in that game. And when he gets into it, you just think it's going in. He has really good touch. Like if, if it's it's a short mid-range shot, and he gets it on the rim. You feel like it's just going to drop in. I think he made like half, half of his pull-ups in that game, and he has like last year too shot a really good percentage on pull-ups, but it's not just the percentage. Because he's so shifty, so explosive in the acceleration and deceleration, in the leaping ability, he can get to that whenever he wants. Like, make no mistake, when Banyama blocked two of them, when he's different, scoot, that's just a weapon from him. That's a guy like John Morant doesn't really have that. Jaw loves to get to that push floater, but he doesn't have the pull-up game like Scoot does, especially from two-point range because of his lower release. Like, his form is really, really nice on that pull-up, too, and he's comfortable out to, like, the high school and almost the college line. And, and with that touch, with his confidence, with the feel that he has for the game, and, like, me just betting on where he's at right now, his talent, I have little doubt that that pull-up is going to end up translating all of the way out to the three-point line. There's always a chance it doesn't, but it seems more likely than not that it does at that point. And if it does, if slash when it does, then, like, good luck guarding him. Um, and then some people were complaining about the lack of passing in the first half from him, but he, he's a really good passer. He was just making everything, so who cares at that point? But then the second half, you saw the passing from him. And so I think Scoot's going to be a really good shooter. 
and so is Wimbanyama, which is rare that you have those physical traits, but I buy the shooting long-term from both. both. Um, so th- those were the main takeaways for me being at the game. I'm excited to see the second game. I enjoyed all of it. It was worth the trip to go out to Las Vegas. Um, just felt like you were being part of basketball history being there. Excited to continue to cover these guys as we lead up to the next draft. But man, we got some generational prospects at the top. Thank you for listening. Again, you can follow me at Draft Dummies. Um, Hopefully post a lot of good stuff for you guys as we lead up to basketball season and throughout. If you're watching on YouTube, um, let me know what your thoughts were. If you agree and saw some of the stuff that I saw up close, but watching from TV where you were at, take first, any other thoughts and you had watching that game? Any other prospect matchups that you guys can think of throughout history that maybe not quite rivaled this one, but were super memorable for me, or for you, excuse me. Um, So thank you for tuning in. I very much appreciate it. Have a great day, listeners.